One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Hello and welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Mark Schindler. Coming up, the Celtics absolutely crushed the Suns. The game is still on right now while we're recording. The Suns put in their whole bench in the third quarter. Giannis is still awesome and they beat the Kings. And the Warriors managed to blow a victory in the final seconds against the Jazz. Before we start, don't forget you can get this podcast without ads by subscribing at theathletic.com slash NBA show. Mark, the Celtics went into Phoenix, and the Suns just weren't there. Uh, the score, as we're recording, it's about a 41-point game as we start. The Suns brought in their pinch in the middle of the third. This is an absolutely just monster, monster win by the Boston Celtics, who are the best team in basketball right now. Yeah, it's been wild because the Celtics aren't even like outliers shooting right now. They've been, I mean, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have been fantastic, like particularly Brown. I mean, he started off a little bit slow in the game. And then, you know, once they hit right about the end of the first quarter, it's it's start. You're like, oh, this is this game might not be as good as I was thinking. We, I mean, we're thinking about leading off with this game. And I think that's par for the course with where the Celtics are at. Um I don't want to take too much away from this one from the Suns. This is just more Celtics are freaking killing it right now. Yeah, the Celtics are awesome. And look, Devin Booker, uh, it got four fouls in the first half of this game. So the the rhythm was off for them. Chris Paul's first game back. Uh, clearly, things weren't clicking. Uh, they didn't shoot it well. But the truth is, man, Boston just came out and blew up everything they were trying to do. Boston's defense looked about as good as I, I think it's looked all year as far as activity goes. Um, because they've been doing this on the offensive end. They, they've got this ridiculous offense right now. Uh, again, they put up 104 points in the first three quarters of this game. We know what Jason Tatum's been doing all year. Every single basketball program is talking about him as an MVP, and we're 20 games into the season. But truthfully, man, Jalen Brown's name, it, it's brought up, but I don't know if it's brought up high enough. Like Jalen Brown is looking at an all-NBA team this year, I think, and, and he's really the difference in their start this year. Yeah, I agree. He's been really assertive. I think that he's made some nice strides as a playmaker. Uh, His off-ball defense has been a little bit better this year. He just continues to round out his game like he does every year. I think like it's, you know, it's, it's easy to forget because it's not necessarily a massive leap each year, but he's substantially increased every year. And I think you're just seeing him really round into form again. Um, This Celtics team is humming, man. And that's without Rob Williams back. Al Horford's out tonight in health and safety protocols. And, uh, Blake Griffin, the last week and a half has just been like, okay, cool. I'll fill in and play 20 minutes a night and be kind of decent and randomly dunk on somebody. So um, that's been fun, man. Being able to bring in the the high-level guard play of of Malcolm Brogdon and Derek White off the bench. I mean, this is the, the missing ingredient for a lot of teams. You know, they just don't have high-level guard play coming off the bench. And I just, I, the, they got Derek White last year. We saw the fit there. Of course, Derek White, shooting the lights out for Derek White this year. But the Malcolm Brogdon pickup, man, I wasn't sure about it at first because my my worry was, what's his role going to be on this team? Is he going to start? I didn't see him as a starter for them because I know that they're going to be defense first, and I feel like they probably like their defense better with Marcus Smart in the starting lineup. But the truth is, he's been excellent coming off the bench, was plus 11 
uh, in the first three quarters of this game. And he just continues to crush and he hits big shots. Yeah, no, 100%, man. He's been a welcome addition and feels like a starter, even only playing 23 minutes, the way that he comes in and, 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 and adapts. In Milwaukee, the Bucks handed the really, really, really good Kings a loss, 126-113. Giannis had 35, seven assists, six rebounds. Uh, Chris Middleton, 14 points in this game. A couple of games back now for Middleton, and, and you can see the difference when he's out there for them on the offensive end. One thing I'm going to say, I don't, I don't know that he's comfortable yet with his shot, but his feel looks excellent. He had six assists in this game, had a bunch of assists the other night. How do you feel about Middleton reintegrating in this offense? Yeah, the floor game was awesome, like you mentioned. I think just having another guy who can, like obviously, you know, Sacramento plays with putting two on the ball a lot, but I think it's more just, okay, when you have somebody like Middleton who can string that out for longer instead of like the Kings really want to blitz and then get back, you know, really recover quickly. And I think Middleton was excellent at, at drawing the defense and keeping them out longer than they wanted. Um, the bigger story to me too was, was Drew Holiday. I mean, again, like I thought, yes, Giannis was – Fantastic tonight, 35, 6, and 7, 12, and 19 from the field. I actually thought Sacramento defended him about as well as you can. They really focused on loading up on him early in the game. That opened up a ton of driving lanes for Drew Holiday, who was just dynamite attacking off the catch. Um, he was getting into the lane, dishing the rock, keeping the ball moving. Uh, this was one of the best games he's played all year, honestly, just in terms of total decision-making, the way that he was playing in entirety. He defended... De'Aaron Fox pretty well and it was a team effort too to be completely honest with that like uh, that was one of the fun things to watch and something I'm excited to see with the, the Kings throughout the year this is the first time where I really feel like a defense has taken them and said okay we're just going to try and do everything we can to de deny handoffs sag off of Sabonis let your handoffs happen on on the perimeter and we're just going to force you to play in between and I think that the Kings found some things later and were able to get things going but overall um, Fox and, and Malik Monk both got pretty bottled up as the game went on. And I well, think that you saw how that could be an issue for them. Yeah. Well, a couple of things that did go well for them. I mean, Sabonis has another good game, uh, 23 points, 12 rebounds, seven assists. And you mentioned De'Aaron Fox. This was, you know, De'Aaron Fox started the season on fire. The last seven, eight games or so hasn't looked like that same De'Aaron Fox. I know he was battling like a bug of some sort. He was sick. Uh, and maybe that's part of this, but it, could it also be defenses just sort of catching up and saying, oh, hey, we kind of know what spots he want to, wants to get to. And, of course, Drew Holiday is Drew Holiday. And, and he does well against, you know, kind of quicker guards like like Darren Fox on a regular basis. But what do you think it was tonight? Tonight, I think it was just more the way that they were handling screens. Like, they really were very content to just go under screens uh, from Sabonis for Fox. I felt like the rescreens didn't hit because you didn't have – guys who were again like I think they were they were they were doing a good job of going under screens without really like fully investing in in uh being attached to the to the screen if that makes sense like they made it just really difficult to rescreen and find any kind of avenue to get downhill um and I think part of what has really worked for Fox this year is not being a pull-up shooter outside the arc and I think that he he ended up taking four or five off the dribble threes I felt like you know, maybe a couple were forced. Some of them were like, you know, that's just what the defense is giving you. So you have to take it. Um, so in some ways, like, I think, again, that's going to be a really important learning point for the Kings and 
inflection point on whether we're going to head towards the rest of the year because I didn't feel that the defense was the problem tonight. Like there were moments, especially as the game got away late, but I felt it was, felt it was more because of runouts on offense um, and miss, misses at the basket and just uh, off live rebounds. And it certainly wasn't defensive effort. I mean, there was yeah. a point where three different guys were trying to draw a charge on Giannis on one possession. So, I mean, you know, Mike Brown, again, the vibes are great in Sacramento. A shame they didn't get to light the beam tonight because, you know, I could have posted another J. King picture. <laughs> okay, Mark, let me get this straight. The Orlando Magic beat the Clippers with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. What? This doesn't make any sense. In overtime, the Orlando Magic defeat the Clippers 116 to 111. And frankly, uh, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It, the Clippers have their issues. And I think, you know, offense is rough for them. They don't really run it. How the heck did the Magic beat them? Yeah, this, is, this was a really weird game, man. As you mentioned off rip, like PG and Kawhi just straight up didn't have it from the floor tonight. I thought. You know, Orlando obviously has a ton of length and was able to play them pretty well. They they were showing two to the ball a ton, which more than I think they have um, typically been doing this year. And again, like you add in Reggie Jackson too. So like combined, they were 15 of 46 from the floor tonight. If you had Reggie Jackson, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard added up without getting to the free throw line that much. Um and it was just trying to rely on everyone else making plays. It wasn't really there. They didn't have the off the dribble, off the dribble shooting that they really needed. But the other thing was the Wagner brothers, dude. That's right. Mo and Franz, they combined for 35 points in this game. Uh, Mo Wagner was awesome, man. He really made his presence felt. And he's not necessarily the type of big that, you know, he doesn't necessarily play big. But I thought he played pretty big in this game. 20 points, 13 rebounds, had a couple of steals, had a block. Mo Wagner, I mean, is Mo Wagner the center there? I, they just have, they have 15 centers who need to play. Yeah, he's, he, I mean, he's, he's played some real solid spot minutes lately, especially with Wendell Carter Jr. out. They needed him to step up and, and be there. Um, this was honestly one of the best games I think I've ever seen him play in the NBA, which was impressive. And he like legitimately just looked good out there. Um, uh, Franz didn't even have a great game. I thought he really came together in the fourth and hit key shots. But again, like, the bigger story, though, is Paolo. Yeah, Paolo Banchero, 23 points, five rebounds, had a couple steals. Um, he, he's like running away with rookie of the year, it feels like. He, he's pretty much the only rookie that we consistently talk about, uh, except for Andrew Nemhard, who just you know continues to hit big shots this mm -hmm. week. Um, what did you see from Paolo in this game? Because this is the sort of, you know, the, the multi-wing, being able to switch all over the place. This is what Paolo Banchero sort of built to defeat. Well, yeah, that's what's so exciting about watching this game. Like, I think uh, you, you, there are times where you watch a guy and you're like, yeah, no, he looks a lot bigger than he's listening. I think that was, for me tonight, that's how it felt watching Palo. Like, there was nobody on the Clippers who I was like, yeah, they can definitively, like, they, they size up with him. Like, there was a, a moment late in the fourth where he and, and Zoo are running back down the court alongside each other. I'm like, they look like about the same size. Like, obviously, I know that they're not, but... That's in terms of just the size, the stature and physicality that he has. Like Nicholas Batum had some good, good, good moments on him. But the bigger thing is just what has continued this year with how he gets to the free throw line. Like I tweeted this out during the game, but literally with with 10 seconds left, they they get a they get a steal, they come down, 
uh, before overtime, and they're like, yeah, we have nothing going. So Markel Fultz just reverses the ball to Paolo Banchero in the slot, and he did, you know, drives straight to the basket, gets a, gets a free throw. Like, he's so good at drawing fouls. Finished with 14 free throw attempts tonight. Has been near the lead in, in the league in free throws, and it's not, like, it's not by mistake. It's because... There just aren't guys who have that intersection of skill and, and size and, and explosiveness. And um, so even when he has games where his jumper isn't quite there, um, he was just awesome tonight. Uh, bowl, bowl, 20 points, nine rebounds, couple of steals, couple of blocks. I mean, Paolo tried to tell us they already got Victor in, in Orlando. <laughs> All right, moving to Utah. This game, we're not going to talk about this game because – Frankly, there were a lot of scrubs out there. Uh, Utah was missing Lowry Markinen, no Steph Curry, no Draymond Green uh, for the Warriors, no Andrew Wiggins. Also, he's dealing with that abductor injury. And this one, the Warriors were down uh, pretty late in the game. They fought back, had a lead. They actually had the game won. Jonathan Kuminga played excellent defense on Jordan Clarkson down the stretch, blocks his shot, and then Clarkson sort of reaches over his back Clarkson is assessed a flagrant two. Jonathan Kuminga hits one of two, and he put the Warriors up 122 to 119. The Jazz miss a three. Klay Thompson blocks the three-pointer. Jordan Poole gets the rebound. He misses a free throw at the other end. So it's 123-119. Then Malik Beasley hits a three to make it 123-122 with 7.8 seconds left in the game. The Warriors take a timeout. Now the Warriors, all they have to do inbound the ball and get fouled without turning it over. So of course, Nikhil Alexander Walker gets a steal, feeds Simone Fontecchio for a dunk on the other end. And that's how the jazz win it. 124, 123 Steve Kerr, I'm sure was absolutely flummoxed, but this is what young players do. Mark, they make boneheaded mistakes and it just happens at the end of games, man. This was a wild one. Yeah, no, it was really fun. And like you mentioned, too, uh, first of all, shout out to Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He's been pretty much out of the rotation for most of this year. Uh, had a really good game tonight, 11-7-4, uh, had three steals. And like you mentioned that, I mean, they don't win that game without what he did at the end. So that was nice to see from him. Walker Kessler had five blocks tonight, continues to just be fantastic in what he's doing, uh, especially right towards the end there. Jordan Poole hijacked the offense a little bit. Um, and... He, uh, he, he caught something at the rim a little bit. Uh, but then, man, Montacchio, 18 points tonight. Like, he's been fun. I don't quite know what to make of him fully and what he's going to be in the NBA, but he's got stuff. Yeah, well, the Utah Jazz, man, they, they play fun basketball, and that was a fun finish. This was a fun show. That's going to do it for the show, folks. Thank you guys for listening. Mark, let's get out of here. Dang, dang, y'all.